And the Packers actually led this ball game for most of it, but unfortunately at the end for Green Bay, they lose their fifth game of the season, now 4-5-1 and one on the year. 27-24, the final in primetime on Thursday night football at Seattle to the Seahawks. Welcome in. It's your Monday morning quarterbacks, Doug Russell and Greg Matzik, who joins us uh, fresh off of what I can only imagine, Greg, m- must have been a-, a lively Packers OT after the ball game last night. <laughs> you know, anytime they play Seattle on the road, it turns into a lively Packers OT. So they still haven't conquered that demon. It's been about a decade now, and it just each loss is, uh, is as gut-wrenching as the previous. Maybe not this one with the uh, lack of stakes in playoff terms, but nonetheless, uh, a frustrating loss that the Packers seem to have control of. Our phone lines are open on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. We're here until 9 o'clock in for, I am anyway, uh, in for Steve Scafidi. Tracy Johnson will take over at the top of the hour. So what was your takeaway from last night's game, Greg? Because there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty well-played first half by the Packers. They, they jumped out and did exactly what you want to do when you're on the road in a hostile environment. They had a fast start, and, and that's been troublesome for the Packers this season. But, no, they, they grabbed the reins here and, and took the lead with that early turnover, converted into a touchdown. Um, they did have a missed field goal uh, from Mason Crosby, which I guess at the end of the day looms large in a three-point loss. But, you know, their first two drives were productive, and, and one came off a turnover. So, and then even then, you've got a 21-17 to lead at the half, uh, and you're able to move the ball slightly in that second half on the first drive, but it, it just stalled, and, and everything kind of stalled in the second half on offense, just 23 plays. And if I look at one of the key stats of the game, Doug, 3 for 11 on third down, well, I go back and look at all these third downs, it was a pretty manageable situation with the average yards per third down, 4.9. But you still had four sacks, so Mm -hmm. that was a little out of whack. Their inability to convert, especially in that second half. For me, the statistic that's so out of whack, because they weren't playing from behind. They had a lead most of this game. They only ran four plays, uh, four running plays, I should say, maybe word that a little bit better. They only had four runs in the second half. I'm still scratching my head as to why. Yeah, and one of those runs was uh, negated because of a penalty. It would have been a 19-yard run. That's another storyline here. You had penalties wipe out pretty significant gains. You had that one on a kickoff return that took away a 54-yard return by Trevor Davis, a 48-yard defensive pass interference penalty, and then a 19-yard run by Aaron Jones wiped away because of an Equinemius St. Brown penalty. Uh, But you're right. Out of the 23 plays run, Aaron Jones touched the ball in that second half, I think, six times uh, on plays that actually mattered. And... You know, the percentage added up, and is that enough? Well, maybe, but it's just not enough at-bats in that second half. And I think, quite honestly, Doug, it was largely due to Aaron looking for the kill shot uh, when he had a, an opportunity to go to a check down to keep a drive moving and keep running clock. He got a little aggressive. As strange as it seems to say, as odd as, look, I mean, 11 games into the season, the Packers have won four games. If you look at the rest of the NFC, now they have to start winning some. There's no question about it. The schedule does get a little bit easier. But it's they're not out of it yet. And I, I'm kind of baffled as to why they're not out of it yet at 4-5-1. and one. Well, it's just a... It's a muddy mess, and, and I called the Packers, uh, they represent, in my opinion, the NFL's middle class, and it is a bulky middle class this year. Um, you've got your division leaders who are clearly playing better than everyone else, and then it really drops off. Uh, you've got a team like Carolina that's in that, that maybe second tier and might be able to sneak out the division title, although I don't think it's likely. They're a six-win team right now. 
but the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Packers, I mean, there's a bunch of teams in that mix. Atlanta's in there, too. Uh, but that's what makes this loss so so painful is that it gets pretty interesting if you pull together two wins in a matter of five days. Uh, and then also you, you get ahead of Seattle. Now, the tiebreaker is probably not going to factor into things just given that there's a tie on the Packers' ledger. But you just need to have wins. And now the Packers are back in that situation of needing to run the table, dare I say it. Yeah, well, they are where they're at. But to your point, I mean, Dallas and Philadelphia, they're both 4-5. and five. Uh, the the Packers, as we know now, four five and one. Atlanta four and five on the season. Seattle jumped up uh, in front of the Packers at five and five on the season. But uh, again, you figure one of those uh, wild cards is going to come out of the South, probably Carolina. To your point, New Orleans looks like they might be the best team in the NFC. But uh, I mean, the the Packers just simply. I mean, I I didn't call this a quote unquote must win this game against uh, the the Seattle Seahawks. But the game against Minnesota really kind of is at this point. And to your point, I think they may have to run the table the rest of the way. Yeah, your margin for error is pretty much zapped. And if you look at these last three road games, Doug, you know, good opponents on the road, nothing easy about it. And the Packers were right there. I mean, they had a, it was a time Montgomery poor decision away from giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers with about two minutes left and an opportunity to win. You look at the game against New England, and you know, the Packers had uh, it was a tie ball game in the fourth quarter. Packers driving, Aaron Jones fumbles, they never recover. And then last night too, it just it, it was just a not a well played second half by the Packers. And uh, in my opinion, it falls a lot on Mike McCarthy and a lot on Aaron Rodgers in the second half. Regardless of where you want to point the blame to, the Packers have just not been able to finish. They're in position to win games against high-quality opponents on the road, and they just couldn't finish. That ultimately is the most disappointing thing because it, it it's the kind of thing that, while you were close, could leave you on the outside of the postseason looking in. We will go on to the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line coming up next, 414-799-1620. That is the phone number if you want to call or text it. Also, our drive of the game is coming up. Player of the game and pack stats still to come. It's your Monday morning quarterbacks. I'm Doug Russell. He's Greg Matzik. We're back after this on 620 WTMJ. They may have beaten the linebacker, but they didn't beat the Seahawks. 27-24 to the final score as the Packers fall to 4 Five and one on the season. It's the Monday morning quarterbacks, Doug Russell and uh, Greg Matzik. I'm in for Steve Scafidi, Tracy Johnson coming up at the top of the hour. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open to you, 414-799-1620. Let's go out to the phone lines. Gary is in Menominee Falls. Hi, Gary. You're on WTMJ. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. You know, in the first half, the Packers looked exactly like the Packers of old. They were def- decisive on everything they did. They had the running game going. And even if it didn't make any yards, they were still handing off to keep that defense honest. The second half, they completely abandoned the run. And they did the same thing they did on the other three losses that they had a chance of winning against uh, New England and uh, the Rams. Uh, the Rams. Uh, they were indecisive on their third downs. They didn't do any rollout, and Rodgers should have called it himself if it wasn't called to give them time to get that pass off and, get, and not get sacked. I mean, they constantly did the same thing over and over in all the other games that they've been losing, that it comes down to the third down and moving the ball, and the defense is doing what they're supposed to do, keep them close enough for them to win the game because we knew the defense was a rebuilding year, and the offense is completely falling apart. Yeah, I don't know what the – thanks for the call, Gary. Greg, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what the game plan was specifically on those third downs in the second half. 
Yeah, in one came out of a timeout. I mean, there was a third and three, and Aaron Rodgers was sacked after a timeout. But you, know, you go back to the caller's point about the run game. So look how the second half played out for the Packers. Their first play of the second half was a run play to Aaron Jones. It only went for two yards, but it was a run play. That drive was extended on a third and four where Aaron Rodgers caught 12 men on the field. Um, they got a large chunk play to, to Devontae Adams. And then what happened is he had an illegal block on an Aaron Jones run that would have been a 19-yard run on Equinemia St. Brown. So instead of you know looking at first and 10 and moving the chains, now you're looking at first and 20. So that penalty, whether you thought it was accurate or not, sabotaged the run on that first particular drive. The second drive, the Packers took over at the 45. Probably should have been a defensive pass interference call on first and one. There was not. Second and 10, there was a run. Didn't go anywhere with Aaron Jones. Third and 10, manageable or a predictable down and distance play call there. Sacked on a third and 10. If you go to the third drive, there was one run mixed in um, after a play-action pass that netted a first down, a scramble by Aaron Rodgers, a seven-yard run by Aaron Jones. You're looking at third and three. Hey, that should work. Aaron Rodgers is sacked for a five-yard loss. So um, the three and outs, the, the, the check-down options in the passing game that, that Aaron just chose not to go to, um, they got Aaron Jones involved in the passing game a little bit, but it didn't net a lot of yards in that second half. I, I don't think it was a concerted effort to go away from Aaron Jones. I think a combination of things sabotaged the Packers' drives, and largely it was on themselves. I, I think they, they shot themselves in the foot quite a bit that second half. And speaking of the second half, I, I'm not sure that you can get your drive of the game from there. So my drive of the game, Greg, is going to be at the end of the first half. It was a short drive, five plays, 75 yards, but it was crisp right at, uh, during the two-minute warning, and that's what gave the uh, Packers their final touchdown uh, at 21-17. And f- from there... I kind of liked their chances, but after that, they sputtered. But that's my drive of the game. I, I did, too. I loved their chances at that point. And, and that drive was interesting. It was all passing, but it was a lot of Aaron Jones. You had a 15-yard pass to Aaron Jones, a 23-yard screen pass to Aaron Jones on a little flip from Aaron Rodgers, and then the, the long touchdown to Aaron Jones. Uh, I, it, it was a hefty dose of, of, of passing the football in that particular drive. I'm going to go a little different direction here, Doug, and this is the most notable drive to me. It was not the best drive, but it was the most notable. You're trailing 27-24, five minutes and eight seconds left. You have one timeout in your back pocket, and the Packers go three and out, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. if you want to talk about a drive that your, your hopes are up and everything's looking great, and, okay, we've seen Aaron Rodgers do this before, incomplete pass on first down. You got eight yards on second down to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And then a third and two play that fell incomplete on, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It was a dying quail of a pass by Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. He said the ball stuck in his hand. I had to watch it 20 times to see if the ball was tipped. It was not tipped. And Aaron just said, you, you do that 100 times, and, and 99 times it's going to end up in the receiver's hands. It was a gimme, Aaron Rodgers called it. But the ball just stuck to his hand. But still, there you are, fourth and two. I thought it was an automatic an automatic decision to go for it there. Fourth and two. I know you're backed up, but your defense was gassed. I mean, they had nothing left in the tank. Injuries were decimating the defense. They had just come off a 13-play, 75-yard drive against them. What gave Mike McCarthy any hope, any thought that his defense could pitch a stop there? To me, that was a, a, a layup call. Go for it on fourth and two. Keep the ball in the hands of your quarterback, the best player on the field, 
and don't turn it over to a defense that is playing with backups and was just gassed. That that decision made absolutely zero sense to me. Yeah, no argument, certainly. I don't think from anybody. I know he said after the game that he was playing the numbers, whatever that means, but I thought uh, I agree with you. That was a no-brainer as well. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line still open to you for a couple of more moments. 414-799-1620. He's Greg Matzik. I'm Doug Russell in for Steve Scafidi. This is the Monday Morning Quarterbacks on 620 WTMJ. Or as Larry would say, wow! It was a great play. No question about it. It's the Monday Morning Quarterbacks. For a couple more minutes here, Doug Russell in for Steve Scafidi, Greg Matzik alongside as well. The Packers lose on Thursday night football to the Seahawks 27-24. Back out to the phone lines we go. Jeff is in West Bend. Jeff, thanks for hanging on. You're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You got it. All right, so this is going to sound like I'm insane, but let me ask you. Okay, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, hands down. One of the most accurate quarterbacks to ever play the game, hands down. A coach who, if this team does not do good, is gone. And it does seem like there is a hassle and a problem between Rodgers and McCarthy. What if McCarthy uh, is heading out the door if they don't do good and Aaron Rodgers is seeing to it? Because I'll tell you, the guy can flick with a wrist a 45-yard pass down the left side right on the numbers. But when it really counts to put the game away, he can't throw a ball that's three feet or three yards away, and it's going to the to the ground. He's throwing balls away left and right when you can see players wide open running right in front of him. What was I, the, think, what, I don't think he's tired of playing with the guy. What was the first, the Jeff? What was the first thing you said that you thought that you, you might be insane? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, but you know, you know what. It, it, I, look, I don't. I, I don't think Rodgers wants to play for McCarthy anymore. That that may be. And thanks for the call, Jeff. The only thing that I would say to that is, from what I know of Aaron Rodgers, and you know he's a tough nut to crack, as we all know. From what I know of Aaron Rodgers, he's way too much of a competitor to ever throw anything away. I, I, somebody suggested that on the program last night, too, on Packers OT. I, I, I think Rodgers cares about his legacy and his position in NFL history. I, I, I don't think he's trying to sabotage his head coach. But this is going beyond creative differences. And, and it's going to happen. I think you, you last 12 years in the NFL with two highly competitive people like Aaron and Mike Garr, who spent a ton of time together. You're going to have that. But, you know, I think the bigger question is: is it a is it creative differences or is it a deteriorating relationship? Um, I, I think some of Aaron Rodgers' comments are are not so thinly veiled shots at Mike McCarthy and in, in his comments about the Packers' offense, and it, not just this year, but seems like they've popped up a little bit more. Uh, and there is more of a sense of frustration. But I'll tell you this much: they paid one guy ninety million guaranteed, and if the coach and quarterback are tied together. I think it's pretty clear where the Packers would stay. It's probably with the guy they committed all the money to. Um, and, and there's a lot of season to play out here. But I, I do believe if it's not a playoff season for the Packers, that, that's it's 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 it. I mean, that that's the end, I think, of Mike McCarthy and Green Bay. They're not getting rid of the quarterback. No, and coaches are easier to turn over than Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But I don't think it's intentional. But I agree with you on the uh, the comments that Aaron has said after the game as well. Real quickly, player of the game, it's Kyle, Kyler Fackel, right? 
I, I thought it was an amazing performance by Kyler Fackrell, and, and you're talking about a guy who that not just filled in for Nick Perry, but he's done more in the last couple of games than Nick Perry has all season, um, and maybe gives you a little confidence in moving on from a guy like Nick Perry or even Clay Matthews uh, in their contract. I don't know if it's the Mike Pettin scheme or just a guy who's got confidence, but Doug, he's beating people with power. I, it used to be that Kyler Fackrell had to win with a speed rush or get around the edge or do a, a crafty spin move, that he was beating people with power last night. And he's done it before this season, too, and he's now at eight sacks on the year. So um, outstanding performance. If I'm giving an offensive game ball, it's Devontae Adams with a, a career-best night in terms of yardage with 166. They were giving him single coverage. And, and that's a, a it's a clinic by Devontae. Why did not give Devontae Adams single coverage? Because Aaron's going to go that way whenever he sees it. Yeah, 10 receptions. He was targeted 12 times as well. Greg, great stuff. There's a lot to talk about. I'm sure you'll get to it tonight on Sports Central as well. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. There we go. Greg Matzik uh, on Monday Morning Quarterbacks. We are presented by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Tracy Johnson's coming up next right here on WTMJ.